Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Okay, welcome to episode 55. I'm confusing the guys because we're doing things backwards a little bit, but uh, I'm here with uh, Dizzy Reed and John Stevens from the Dead Daisies, and uh, we're talking about uh, being on tour. And I suppose you played a big festival in, in the US um, before before you ca- came here. What was it like just going in front of that crowd? They didn't know who you were. Um, was it the best way to sort of road test the songs to see what sort of reaction you got? It's the only way to road test your songs is get out there and play them. And, uh, you know, we had the good fortune to be invited on that tour. And, uh, you know, it was hot and hot in midsummer there in America, and uh, it was great to um, be out on the road mm. playing with this group of people, playing those songs, you know, and, and watching fans or just watching people going, wow, what's that? Mm-hmm. You know, being engaged and then, you know, further, you know, sort of, I guess, getting, getting the album and becoming fans. You must find it interesting to read what, and I'm sure you always do when you release music, what other people think of it. Yeah, but but how would how would you describe it? I mean, how would you describe you know where Dead Daisies are musically? Did you have an aim? Did you have a, a mark you wanted to hit? Um, uh, you know, what was it, what was the inspiration in that room when you wrote most of those songs with David? Just to finish them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when we did the album, we were, we were under a twelve day deadline, so mm. you know, you're, you're just trying to do the best you can, and, and you know, in that sort of uh, confinement of putting it, putting the clock on yourself, because mm. you know, I've been, I've been spent months and months and months and months in the studio making records, and mm-hmm. you know, you can get just get caught up your own backside, and you mm. know, the fact that you know you're under a clock, mm. you, you actually have to just deal with it and pull it out, and it forces you to to make. Decisions, decisions on things really fast without procrastinating on on things and overthinking things. Mm. So you know, therefore, you know, I kind of like, I kind of like that, mm. that kind of vibe. Mm. It keeps it really focused. Have you guys been writing new stuff on the road? Yes, we have. We actually recorded uh, three new songs in the middle of the that last tour. Mm. And um, I think we, we, we do good under pressure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we had three, three, two and a half days in New York we tracked, and then we had three days in LA to finish all the uh, the vocals and, and, and overdubs and to write, finish writing the lyrics and stuff. So we, we're playing all those three songs in the set. Mm. Do, you, do you, Dizzy, when, you, when you're writing with John and these guys, have, a, have to have an idea in your mind, this is X, this type of band, it's not that type of band, so, or do you just write what sound, sounds good, contribute whatever you can? Have you got a, you know, do you have to have a sort of a house style in mind for the, for the band when, you, when you're writing with them? Um, you know, I just think, uh, I, I just like to try to make the songs better if mm-hmm. I can, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and add what I can to make the song better and to lay out to make the song better too. That's important as well. But mm. as far as, I think the, you know what, I don't think we ever really talked about what we wanted the songs to sound like. It mm-hmm. was just sort of, uh, we had some riffs and I think we all sort of, uh, we, you know, we all sort of have found a common ground. I think we, we mm-hmm. grew up listening to a lot of the same music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, uh, it's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. It just kind of comes out, you know. It's, it's been, uh, and I think, you know, when people hear it, there's not a lot of bands doing that these days. No. Mm-hmm. And I think they're pleasantly surprised. And uh, it's, it's a good feeling, you know, to see mm-hmm. that, you know, you're making people happy because they're hearing good good rock and roll music. And there's really not any other way to describe it. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's just good rock and roll music.
In the old days, you could reach your target market through a t- traditional rock media. Now, it's, there isn't much. There's just this sort of stuff. Yeah. In, the, in the old days, you didn't have a target market. You yeah, just yeah. were playing your stuff and going out on the road and doing your thing. I mean, you know, nowadays, it's all, you know, everything's like target this or do, you know. It's like mm-hmm. everything's it's like, like a genre. Every genre, yeah. It's worth, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like, just play music, and if people come, great. And you do what you, you, do what you do, and you try and, you know, you do it to the best of your ability. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all... We're, we all live on, on stage, really. Mm, mm, mm. That's where it all sort of, you know, falls apart and comes together. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this a band, like, I suppose people will look at it as a super group and maybe think that the, the roster is going to be a rotating roster with various players coming in and out. Is, is that the way you in, envisage it, John? Oh, no, I'd love to have all these guys stay permanently, but I think Mick Jagger might have a problem with getting <laughs> Daryl Jones and I think Axel might have a problem you know, with Dizzy and, and Richard staying, so... You know, um, every, you know, we're all, we're all grown ups, and everyone has their day jobs and and their their things. So you know, the Dead Daisies probably provides a little uh, uh, haven and escape, creative haven, mm. um, if they're available. Mm. And, and if we're we're me, David and I aren't doing anything at the time, you know, mm. on the road or whatever. But if we're creating, I mean, you know, we've already we've already proved within this structure of this band, these members that we can create together and that's really important for the f- for moving forward, you know, mm-hmm. in the future. We'll pick another song in a minute so I'll give you a bit of a warning, but Dizzy, I saw an interview with Bumblefoot <coughs> recently where he said, as soon as I plan a, a solo tour or a solo show, then GNR announce something and then I have to change my plans. How much do you know going forward what your commitments are and, and what, you know, what have you got coming up? What's on the horizon? You know, I'm just so happy to be able to play music for a living. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love playing with these guys, and, yeah. and I'm I'm still you know like playing with GNR mm. a lot, and mm. uh, so I think there's some things coming up. But uh, you know what? We got a we got a show tonight. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we got three more shows, and then we're off to Israel for some more shows. Cool. And, and mm. they're I'm looking forward. To they're all going to be great. Okay, song. Give us another song. Oh, I picked the last one. Oh, okay. Uh, I suppose let's just play the single, um, Lock and Load.
And he just stands there with empty eyes Saying it's time to go Everybody, this is Ron Bumblefoot Fall. Oh, you might know me from Guns N' Roses or not, and you're listening. <laughs> you're listening to White Line Fever. Thanks, Bumble, and welcome back to episode 55 of White Line Fever. Look, uh, I've decided that uh, just uh, putting together a bunch of interviews uh, and playing some music in between them with some IDs just doesn't cut it. Uh, I'm the one out here doing stuff. I've had a pretty good uh, run since the NRL Grand Final. Uh, been to the World Cup. Um, now in the US, uh, been down to been to a lot of shows, been down to Florida to see the Wigan Warriors. So it's pre- pretty pointless me doing a podcast and just not talking about uh, any of that stuff. Coming up uh, in uh, the next uh, uh, few minutes or the next uh, the rest of the hour, uh, we've got more of an interview uh, that I did with Ricky Warwick uh, in Nottingham. Seems a while ago now. Um, of uh, the Black Star Riders and formerly of the Almighty, the Almighty, Almighty, um, and uh, also uh, a chat with Jeff Tate uh, of Queensryche. When, uh, when I was in Florida to see Wigan, um, saw Queensryche uh, at sort of this venue at a strip mall. Uh, that's got nothing to do with stripping if you're in Australia. It's actually just uh, the shape of the building, um, like. You know, it's just like a, a bank of shops at the back of a car park, I suppose you'd say in Australia. Um, and it was actually quite a big place. Um, and it was actually a good show. It had a great band, Simon Wright from ACDC, uh, the Sarzo Brothers on guitar and bass, um, simultaneously, simultaneously, uh, uh, respectively, I mean, respectively and simultaneous. Uh, but the interesting thing about it was I was hoping to have a chat to uh, Jeff Tate of course, there's two versions of Queens right now. For those who don't follow it very closely, he was kicked out of uh, the band, uh, include and included in that band as his own son-in-law. Anyway, had a bit of chat to him on the phone when I got back from Florida because I didn't have time to do an interview down there. And he, well, you you judge for yourself, but he just wouldn't answer any newsy questions. And I think the reason I got the interview uh, was because I said that um, it was going to be a news item on the Classic Rock website. But I'm, I'm scratching my head to think what I'm going to write because, uh, as I said, he just fobbed off any questions that were at all newsworthy. And the big thing that's happening in um, the camp there now is possible settlement between uh, the two Queensrikes that are each touring um, the US at the moment. Um, and he, again, he didn't really uh, say much about that. Uh, this week, I, I was in Boston uh, for my birthday. That's boring. But... Um, the, Great thing happened the day of my birthday. A new um, album from the Angels. Uh, now it's uh, it's the Dave Gleason fronted version of the band, um, and it's called Talk the Talk. And I just adore that single, the first single, uh, which came out about a month and a half ago. Um, rather than pass comment on the album as a whole now. What I will do is I'll play a track from it, which I think is pretty good, actually. 
and it's called Heart of Stone, and it's by the Angels, and it's off the album Talk the Talk. Martorian from the Bullet Boys, and you're listening to White Line Fever right here, baby. Let's just do this. <laughs> so, uh, welcome uh, back, and I'm here with uh, uh, Ricky uh, Warwick. Ricky, um, I just—you were talking earlier about um, 
being a new band and having to do all the hard work, do you have to realign your expectations in this age where, you know, music, you know, is not selling, people, sure. people steal it? I mean, I mean sure. um, h- how does that sort of affect you, your ambitions and the way you go about things? Well, it does. I mean, you've you got to keep up with the ever-changing times and ever-changing way people access music and what's going on. Um, to try and make a living. I mean, I'm not going to sit here like it's just—it's art, but it's a business. We're, mm-hmm. we're here to make money. Mm-hmm. You know, that's with families to feed and, mm-hmm. and mortgages to pay. Um, so you've got to be very conscious of what's going on, and uh, it's something that we pay close attention to. But we're very aware that we need to give the people that, that buy the music and enable us to do what we do. We've got to give them value for money, and that's mm-hmm. something that the Black Star writers are trying to do with all the different formats in the albums. Mm-hmm. We try and keep our, our ticket prices as low as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. The VIP meet and greets that we put on, we try. We will do four acoustics. We'll play mm. acoustic sets for yeah, the people yeah, that have bought yeah. those. So we want to feel people feel that they're getting something for their hard-earned cash. But I mean, the industry stinks. You think the price of an album hasn't gone up in twenty years? Mm-hmm. Just you know, Spotify and all these things. The artist, the artist is, is getting ripped off all the time, you know. And uh, you know, it's a hard, we work hard and we work hard mm-hmm. just as anybody else. And it annoys me when people go, well, you know, music should be free and blah, blah, blah. Well, no, it shouldn't. You know, you're yeah. creating something. You're working hard. You're putting your soul into it. If that's your job, like any other job, people should 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 pay to access that. Mm. Um, and it's just, it, I think the artists have been, they had a, they've been taken for a ride for far too long and it doesn't show any sign of getting better. Have you, everyone in the industry is trying to come up with the goal, the answer, yeah. you know, how everyone can um, earn a living again. Sure. Um you probably spend a lot of your time thinking about it. Have you got the? Have you got any an inkling of what the what might be at the end of the tunnel? I think again, it's just it's keep working. You know, quality show is quality. It's it's make sure you you have something that that people enjoy and people feel that they're getting good value to part with their disposable income, mm. which is what people do. You know, that's that's a part of their income they're using to go to shows, buy music, and stuff like that. Is to give them something that keeps them coming back and keeps them interested we run a, we run a very tight ship here mm. um, and we're lucky enough that we all do make a living out of it and, 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 and that's great um, but yeah you know it's not easy you've got to keep on the ball you've got to keep your eye on, on, on what's going on and, and move at the times I noticed Thin Lizzy uh, I don't want to get too business oriented but I noticed Thin Lizzy was selling the actual that night show at the end of the show on, a, on, a, on one tour I went to a, 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 a show at um, yeah. Harry Wharf does yeah. that I mean does that work do you like that is it um, you know it, it doesn't it's okay I don't, personally I don't like it because you know you can have a stinker that night and, mm. and uh, <laughs> or just not have a good show and, and you're, there, there it is it's, you know it's you, you don't get a chance to go well you know what I didn't you know I didn't really play good that night but then sometimes maybe that's good sometimes it's maybe good to get the warts and all I don't know. I don't. I, mean, I honestly don't know how I feel about that. Um, I, as a fan, would not be interested in buying that if I was a fan. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to have a live album that a band made, mm-hmm. or I'd rather have the memory of the show. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of the whole iPhone not filming the show. I want to go to when I go to a gig, I go and watch it with my own eyes, mm-hmm. not through a mm-hmm. you know a fucking iPhone, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I want to experience it, and I want to. It's a human connection, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you're probably asking the wrong guy, I'm not a big fan, but certainly <laughs> some people do like it and some mm. people, you know, will want to hear the show. I think it's time for us to play another song. As I said, any in the history of recorded music, but you probably do want to promote your record. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, well, you know, it'd be nice to do another Black Star Riders. Let's do Bound for Glory. Trying to get it right 
Star Raiders here, people, and you are listening to White Line Fever. So, welcome back to the program. And just while I was putting this program together, I just happened to uh, get a tweet from Robin Pierce, who's the coach of the Boston 13s. And uh, now, uh, your accent, Robin, you're not from Boston, you're not an Aussie, and you're not really from the M62 corridor either. Where, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from uh, from Newcastle in England, and I uh, played at Gates at Thunder for for 13 years actually before I came over here to America. And what what brought you here? Um, I met the 13s owner on a coaching course in London when I was doing some work for the Rugby League European Federation, and um, he, he offered me the opportunity to come abroad, and it, it's something I'd always wanted to do: do some travelling and be involved in rugby league development somewhere. And, 
Boston just happened to be the, the place where I came to, you know. There's, uh, there are eventful times, aren't they, in American rugby league at the moment? Probably confusing to a lot of people. How, what's the uh, um, sort of uh, simpleton's uh, <laughs> summation of what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, basically, back in t- 2011, there, there was a split between the, the AMNRL that, that have been around for, for maybe 15 years now and, um, and some clubs who, who split to, to form the USARL. Um, so we've had three seasons apart. I mean, obviously they split before I was involved uh, when I came over in 2012. But um, th- there's been talks about about getting everybody back together. Um, it's it's not happened just yet, but hopefully over I mean, the next few months or even the next year or so, um, th- things will get back together and we all work together and, and try and develop rugby league. How's I mean the World Cup? Everyone loved the Tomahawks, even though there was a lot of cynicism about the makeup of the team beforehand. Um, did that? How was it? How was it? Sort of. What was the response here to the, their performances? I mean, everybody initially was a little bit disappointed that guys guys playing rugby league over here in the USA were were omitted from the team. You know, especially when they'd they'd been playing sort of some really really good rugby league over the summer. Um, they, they played uh, four four games for the Tomahawks against Canada, and, and guys who played those four games and paying out of their own pocket to, 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 to get to these games from, from, from wherever they lived in the USA um, obviously they were, they were just left out so that, that that left a little bit of a bitter taste in some people's mouths but um, everybody after their initial disappointment seemed to get behind the Tomahawks and, and were rooting them on and I mean they, they see that having a strong national side is going to be, uh, be beneficial for the game over here um, we just hope that maybe uh, for the next World Cup we have a strong national team but there is a few uh, few domestic guys that, 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 are, that are good enough to be in that team um, No unification this year so what's the season looking like for the for the 13s uh, what's your lineup like when do you get to see your, the draw um, uh, we believe there might be some new well as, as we speak uh, three new teams added to the USARL yeah, so um, I, I I don't know exactly how it's all going to work, but with th- three new teams being added, um, they're all going to be down in the southeast region. So um, I'd imagine that the the USL ARL would split into two conferences, um, a, a north conference and a south conference. So for the 13s, we'll end up playing against um, against Baltimore, Philadelphia, Washington, Rhode Island, uh, and obviously our, ourselves will be in there too. Um, there, there might be some guys, uh, some some teams that joining the league. We the, the USARL have opened it up to to interested parties. I, I, I'm not aware of any parties that are coming on board as of yet. Mm. But um, obviously, if anybody wants to come on board, they'll be welcome with open arms. Thanks for talking to us, Robin. And um, spent a lot of time in Boston. You live just around the corner to where I've been staying for the last three weeks, and it's taken until my last day here to catch up with you. But I'm sure we'll uh, we'll uh, have a, well we'll come to a bar again, and maybe it won't be coke uh, we're drinking. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Steve. Thanks very much. Um, okay, so don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter, WLF Podcast. Come and uh, uh, also to the Ning site, whitelinefever.ning.com. Uh, here's some new music from Red Dragon Cartel after this, Jeff Tate. <laughs>
Hey everybody, this is Tony Harnell from TNT and you're listening to White Line Fever. Thanks Tony, just uh, finished doing a story with him for Classic Rock Presents AOR, just followed it a second ago. Okay, um, the Jeff Tate interview, uh, now the latest news on Queensryche is that a judge has uh, reserved or adjourned uh, the case um, between Jeff Tate and his former bandmates over the use of the name Queensryche. It'll be heard again on February 10. Uh, so that's a precursor to this very short, the first of three parts of the Jeff Tate interview, but uh, very short uh, first part where I asked him, what is the latest in that court battle with uh, the other former members of Queensryche? Well, I would say, you know, probably by the end of the month we should have uh, some sort of announcement. Right, right, by the end of the month, okay. This lineup you're touring with, are you going to record? Are you writing music? Do you have plans to go into the studio? What's happening there? Uh, no plans as of yet. Um, we have a, a lot of touring ahead of us first, I think. Any song in the history of recorded music, if you like, but uh, um, is, there, is, there, is there a song that you, we can play? <laughs> let's play a song called Let's play a song called I Take You okay. uh, off the uh, Queensryche album uh, dedicated to chaos.
Yonder, <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on. 